so glad that you're here today. Glad you can get blown away on your way to church. That's right. They're calling it, uh, I heard in the news, uh, I heard they call it the bomb cyclone. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, where did they come up with these names? The bomb cyclone, that's what they're calling. I guess we're going to get 40 mile per hour wind. And, um, I, you know, I live in Florida for a while. And uh, I've been in hurricane. And so I'm not really understanding what all the hype is. But yeah, sure, it's a windy day, and hopefully we don't lose power, you know, knock on wood or knock on the pulpit right here. <laughs> but man, I'm so glad that you're here today, and uh, thank you for being here. We're in week number four on this series, Like Me, and we're trying to, you know, we're talking about how to follow Jesus in a selfie-centered world. And, um, and I hope that you learned some stuff today. Last week, we, um, I did a pulpit selfie. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about selfie here. Uh, but we're going to talk about being real. And, um, and so, but of course, that pulpit selfie last week, if you noticed last week, and if you saw it on Facebook, um, and that's where I posted it, and um, you know, it was unfiltered. You know, I didn't do anything to it. You know, we're kind of blurry on one picture, kind of a dorky smile on the other picture. You know, I, I should have done a do-over, but I didn't. I just kind of put it out there, and I didn't really put a lot of thought into the, the status. You know, I just said hashtag pulpit selfie, and I just kind of left it alone. And, um, and I just went with that. And, uh, and, of course, I got a lot of likes, and I got a lot of comments. It made me feel good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, you know, selfies is kind of a thing. In 2013, it was the word of the year. This whole idea of taking a selfie, taking your own picture with your own phone. And in 2014, um, there were 93 average, 93 million selfies a day. That was in 2014. I'm sure I'd look around for some numbers and and uh, it keeps going up. They're, they're talking about, you know, ailments. You know, that people might get a selfie wrist disease, you know, because they take too many selfies. And so, you know, if you just start Googling selfies and what it means, you're going to start seeing all kinds of crazy stuff that's out there. But selfie wrist disease, I hope that doesn't become a problem for anybody here today, you know, in the near future. Now, if you're younger... If you're younger than me, it may be hard for you to understand this, but in my generation and older, we would have never turned a camera on ourselves. We would have never done that. That's just something we didn't do. So it's kind of a new thing here. So um, I'm going to give us a minute here. Uh, we haven't done this in a while in church, but I want us to take a late point selfie. Do it right where you're at. All right, get your phone out. All right, some of you guys... You know, that don't know what a selfie is, you're, you're going to do your first selfie right here to take it. Maybe take it with your, you know, husband or wife or your boyfriend or girlfriend or with a friend. All right, go ahead and take it. And then, all right, I see selfies happening all over the place. God is moving in such a powerful, powerful way. Selfies here, selfies there. I see a selfie over there. It's all good. All right, and then and I want you to take a minute to check in and, and post that picture unfiltered. All right, don't mess with it. All right, don't try to soften it up. Black and white, I don't know, just be regular, unfiltered, late point selfie. Y'all doing good. Look at you guys. 
Some of you are pros out there. Man, that's good. Well, the reality is when we were, um, when I was younger, you know, and the whole, this whole selfie thing, just didn't under, none of us got it, you know. None of us did that. You know, we didn't take our Polaroid camera and do it. The reality is we hated taking, getting our pictures taken. Do you remember what the worst day of the year was? It was the school picture day. The worst. Because that one picture defined your entire sixth grade. All right, and so you show up and, and you know, oh, it's picture day. You didn't even realize it was picture day. Sometimes you just showed up and it was unannounced. Oh, it's picture day. Here's a little comb. And if they gave you a comb, that meant you should go do something to it. And I got a comb every year. And so, you know, I go to the bathroom and try to fix my hair up. And, and then you go in to the library. That's where it usually was. It was in the library. You go to the media room. They call it library. And you sit there. And, and they say, all right, sit down, smile. And they count to three. One, two, three. They take a picture whether you are ready or not. Whether there was something in your teeth or not, they just took the picture. You know, there was no do-over. There was no, can I take a look and see what kind of picture it was? No, you, it, that was it. And, and then you didn't see the picture for at least a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. And if you didn't buy the package, then you didn't see your picture until your book. And, uh, and, and, uh, most of the time, the picture was terrible. It's like, oh, man, this is not who I was. I wish I could have had a do-over. And so we have, things have massively changed, right? You know, now we are a selfie-obsessed culture. We take a picture of ourselves. You know, we put a little filter on it. And by the way, if you're here and you're like, what's a filter? I understand there might be some here. <laughs> you don't know what a filter is. But it's something that you can put on your picture. Uh, you can change the color. You can make it black and white. You can brighten the picture. You can soften the picture. You know, if you've got red eye, you can get rid of the red eye. Um, if you've got a double chin, you can fit that. If you've got a zit, you know, back in the days, you know, it was, that was a, quite of a, uh, an issue. If you had a zit, do I pop it or do I not pop it? You know, do I pop it and make it worse? I don't know. You know, but now, who cares? Because you can just edit that zit right out of the picture. No problem whatsoever. Filter. We can do this. And we can filter our lives, and we can show people that this is the filtered me that I want you to see. This is the filtered me I want you to see. And we show that to people. And here's where I'm going today, and if you want to take note, this is the heart of the message. This is the heart behind the message. The more filtered our lives become, the more difficult it is to be authentic. The more filtered our lives become, the more we show others the me we want them to see, the more difficult it is to be real, to be real and authentic. 
And we become so trained in our culture today, we become so trained to filter in the picture, to edit perfectly the caption, because caption matters, right? You know, and you don't got to have the right hashtag. You know, it can't be, it got to be clever, but not too clever. It got to look like you're not trying too hard. It got to be just right. All right, and you put the, club, the, the caption out, perfectly put it out there. You edit the picture the way it needs to be. And then we send it out there for the rest of the world to see and affirm us and like who we are showing them that we are. We're showing them this filter personality. So last week, we talked about how technology was impacting and changing the world that we live in. I gave three, uh, real quick, um, those three, I want to give it the fourth one here in just a minute. But uh, number one, we, we said that technology, social media, has changed the word friend, that the, word, that the term friend is evolving, has changed. We are, number two, we are becoming addicted, addicted to immediate affirmation. You know, we, we, look, we long for, we're, we're looking for lights, looking for lights, people to like our stuff. We want to read the comment, and we put it out there. Number three, we said that we have the power to do friendship on our own terms. We can like, unlike. We can friend, unfriend, block, unblock. We can do whatever we want. You are on your term to do whatever you want nowadays with technology. And I want to add one more to this list for this message. People, number four, people are starting to fear and avoid unfiltered communication. We are, so used to being, we are so used to being able to edit what we say. We're able to filter what we show that if we didn't have that luxury, let's just say that that technology didn't exist today, a lot of people would be very nervous and just talking, having regular conversation. And the problem is we're beginning to see this is that many are uncomfortable in conversation that they cannot control. They cannot control. Case in point, back again, back when I was growing up, those that are my age and older will understand this, but when the phone rang, you didn't know who was calling. You didn't know who was on the other end. You, and the only way to find out who was on the other end of that phone that was calling is you had to answer it. You pick up the phone and you have to have a conversation. And now for me, for the deaf guy that I am, that was terrible. You know, I, I, I answered the phone, I said, hello? And, and they, you know, they start talking, I said, hold on, who is this? You know, they assume I should know. All right, but I'm deaf, I'm having a hard time here. I am 80% deaf. And so I'm listening, I said, who is this? And they keep then they tell me the name. I said, who? What? I, can't. I said, say it again. And they say it about four or five times. Finally, I, I hear, this is your mom. Oh, hey, mom. How are you? You know? You know, that, that, that's the death problem in me, okay? And I hated answering the phone, but I answered the phone anyway. We had to. You know, there was no voicemail. There was no, none of that stuff, right? We just had to pick up the phone. 
and we answer it, and we have a conversation, and we learn how to have unfiltered communication. Now today, today if the phone rings, you can do what? You can send it to voicemail. All right, then you can listen to the voicemail, and then you can respond to the voicemail by sending them a text, a text message. You can be in control of the conversation. Before you push the send button, you know exactly how you want to say it. You can, you can type something up and say, you know what, I don't want to say that. I'm going to change the way I'm going to say it. You can change and edit the conversation. Filtered communication. You can control where and how the conversation goes. The more filtered our lives are, the more difficult it is to be real and to be authentic. Now, this is not just a modern-day problem. Now, this has been a problem that's been going on since the beginning of time. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to look at, the, we're going to look at this, that the Apostle Paul refers back to a story in the Old Testament. And it happens in Exodus chapter 34. We're not going to go there, but this is referring, this is where the, the Apostle Paul is making a reference to in Exodus 34. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is talking about when Moses went to the top of Mount Sinai and he received the Ten Commandments from God. And after 40 days and 40 nights with God, he came down from the mountain. The Bible said that his face, after he spent time with God for 40 days and 40 nights, that Moses' face was, and this is pretty cool, was, was glowing. His face was glowing. The glory of God was on the face of Moses. Now, I got to say, every now and then, when I'm preaching very good, I, I, I start to have a little bit of a tent. It's actually sweat, okay? Um, anyway, the glory of God, Moses' face was glowing. And so the Bible said that Moses, at some point, he put on a veil to cover his face. And, 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 and sometimes I've been some thoughts here, and I always thought that when he did that, that he covered his face to protect the people from seeing God's glory. But then when you study this, he actually taught, Moses actually was talking to people first without a veil. He was talking to people with the glow. And later on, he put on this veil. And Paul makes it, you know, he applies, he implies that he didn't put on the veil to protect people from seeing the glory but that Moses put the veil on to keep the people from seeing that the glory was actually starting to fade away. And Moses was loving this glory look. I mean, he was loving this. And all of a sudden, he noticed one day in the mirror that it was fading away. And so he said, oh, man, I don't want people to think that I've lost this, that I've lost the glory of God and the glow. And so he covered it up. He put a filter over his face. A filter. He didn't want people to see what was happening. And so we look here 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to read a, a bit chunk of this. We're going to see this. And Paul was making a case. He's talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. And uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. But first, for, for the sake of reference here, the old covenant, he's referring to the Old Testament. He's referring to the, to the laws and the sacrificial laws. And that's how the, you know, a person would come to a relationship with God through the sacrificial system, which all point to the new covenant. And the new covenant is Jesus Christ, and he became the ultimate sacrifice. And so Paul is saying, listen, some of you are still living by the old ways. Jesus Christ has come in. He has fulfilled the old covenant. He is the new covenant. He died. He became the ultimate sacrifice, and he rose again. And the way of Christ is a whole lot better than the way of the old covenant. And so that's where he's going with this. But I want us here to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 13. He said, we are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face, so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. Just that the old covenant was passing away, so the glory was fading away from the face of Moses. And so we look at verse number 14. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, that the, you know, think of the old first five books of the Bible, when the, the Judaism laws, the sacrificial laws. He said, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their mind so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ, who is the new covenant. Verse number 15. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil, and they do not understand. So what, what is he saying? He said, whenever the old covenant is read in the synagogue, the unbelieving Jewish people they cannot see the truth because they are blinded from seeing and experiencing the truth. They have put a veil over their heart. And so they have covered their eyes from seeing the truth of who Christ is in the new covenant. Now look at verse number 16. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, and this is good news right here. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. Uh, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We're going to come back to all this in a little bit. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into a glorious image. So Paul is telling the Corinthian Christians here, how to live a life without veil. Unveiled living. The problem is that most of us are wearing a veil. We've learned, we've become very skilled at how to filter our lives. We show other people the me that we want them to see. 
And Paul implies that this is what Moses was doing. I'm covering the fact that the glory is fading away. I'm covering that. I'm hiding that. I don't want people to see that. And the challenge is, we tend to do this by nature, but we are insecure when we don't feel good about ourselves, when we sin, rather than confessing our sin, rather than coming clean before God and before others as our first response. By nature, we tend to hide. We, be, we tend to cover our failings, our failings, our failures. We filter our lives. You can go all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. They should have, right away, they should have just gone to God and said, God, we've sinned. God, we have disobeyed. We are sorry. But the Bible says that they were ashamed because they were naked. And they were afraid. So they hid. And they put big leaves on, which is a picture of the veil. And they said, I don't want God, I don't want you to see the real me. And we all do this. Whether we do this in social media, whether we do this out here, we all do this. And I want to ask, I want to ask a very serious question for you. I want you to think about this. And I want you to be honest. What veil are you wearing today? What filter do you have over your life? What image are you trying to portray in your life that maybe you're not really? You think about social media, and it almost trains us to do this. Social media trains us to do this. For example, you may portray yourself as, hey, I'm Mr. Spiritual Guy. Hey, I'm Mrs. Spiritual Girl. You know, here's my Bible verse every day. You know, I'm showing, I'm showing that I'm having devotion. I got my Bible out. I've got it days. I got my coffee cup. Got my favorite mug over here. And now I got, I got, oh man, I got it all nice and pretty. And I, I've got it. You know, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Spiritual Guy or Girl. But the reality is, behind closed doors, there's a secret sin in your life that you have not confessed, that you are holding on to, that haunts you. You have not confessed your sin to God. You're holding on to this. But hey, hey, I'm Mr. Spiritual Guy out here. This is the me that I want you to see. I don't want you to see the mess up me that's going on in my life. Or you might be with it, Mom. With it, Mom. Oh, hey, look, here's a picture of my baked goods for my kids. And oh, hey, here's me at soccer with my kids. Oh, here's a picture of my... Kids on their first day of school with their matching lunchbox and their matching dress. You know, I, I've got it all together. But in the reality is, you're overwhelmed. You're, you're really not with it. But on social media, you portray yourself to veil that, hey, I'm with it. But you feel overworked. You feel like you don't have any friends. You feel like you don't have a life. Feel like you're not a good mother. But hey, on social media, I'm with it, mom. I got a bail. Or, or maybe you might be the fun dad. You know, fun dad, you're at the park. No, here's me, click with my kids. Oh, hey, here's me riding a bike with my son. 
my daughter uh, hit me. We're, we're having fun. We're hanging out. You know, we're doing all that. I'm the fun dad. I'm the good dad. But the reality is you feel like a failure as a dad because you're short with your kids. You're not always engaged with them, working too much. You know, when you're with them, you're not really with them because your mind is elsewhere. But hey, on social media, I'm fun dad. I look like I've got it perfectly made. I'm the perfect dad. You got the filter up, the veil up. You might be protein shake guy. Protein shake guy, yeah. You know where I'm going with this. You know, you got your protein shake, you know, I'm getting in shape. But the reality is you just ate a whole bag of potato chips. <laughs> you worship all the time at the altar of Ben and Jerry. I mean, that's, your, that's really what's going on. But hey, on social media, protein shake guy. That's me that I want you to see. It might be the happily married couple. And the anniversary picture. It's all here I am with my honey best friend, you know, my mushy pushy poo, <laughs> my forever love. We have such a great marriage. But in reality, your marriage's not so great. There's issues going on. Marriage is on the rock. But man, we 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 put it out there on social media. We want them to see what we want you to see. And many of us are living to create a social media moment. All because we want to show this life that we think people want to see. Hey, you do this at church. You show up to church with your Jesus smile. And it looks like you got it all put together. Your family's all happy and cheery. Never mind the fact that on your way to church, you know, you had a huge fight in the car, you know, you had to pull over, you know, deal with the kids in the back seat. I mean, it was a mess getting here, you know. But, hey, we'll pull into the church parking lot, you know, all of a sudden, Jesus' smile comes on. We're perfect family. We've got it together. We all do this. We all do this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 15, just even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil. Don't miss this if you're taking notes. A veil that first covers the face eventually covers the heart. What starts out as a superficial condition, that filter post that you put out there, eventually starts to cover a spiritual condition of your heart. And we have a generation that has been so conditioned to filter everything. And they don't know how to open up. They don't know how to open up. There, you know, I've talked to some of you. You say, hey, is there anybody that knows the real you? No. Is there anybody that you share the deepest parts of your heart? 
Well, no. And so, well, why not? And I always say, I don't know how. I don't know how to open up. And then we'll get a little bit deeper and find out the real reason and then why they don't open up. Here's what they say. They say, if I really showed up, if I really show them who I am, I'm scared to death that they won't like me. If they saw the real me, I'm afraid that they might abandon me. A veil that first covered the face eventually covers the heart. And this is not just a 20-something-year-old problem. Because there are those of you who are much older, and you know it's a problem in your life as well. You know, people talk to you and say, hey, man, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. And how, how's your relationship with God? Oh, it's great. And say, hey, how, how's your marriage? Oh, our marriage is it's, it's fine. It's good. And, and it's very shallow. And it's not very deep. And the reality is so many parts of you, that, for many of us here, that you have not shared the deep parts of your life in maybe decades. You put the veil on. You're playing the part. You're role-playing, play-acting. You know what Jesus called us if you're taking notes? He called it hypocrisy. He said, when you put the mask on, when you put the filter on, the veil on, we start living a life. We start showing people who are really not. Hypocrisy. The veil that covers the face eventually covers the heart. And some people are so used to showing the fake self, they don't even know who the real self is no more. They don't even know who they are. They've been so filtered in their lives. They don't even know who they really are. And the problem is we're always filtered. We're always showing our best side. We're always trying to impress people. And people might be impressed, but they're not connecting. Here's, here's an important principle. I hope you understand that if you're taking notes. We may impress others with our strength, but we connect through our weaknesses. We connect through our weaknesses. You've done, this before. You've done this before. You've met somebody, and you're like, man, they're so perfect. Man, they're an awesome couple. And then when you get to know them, you realize that they've got flaws, that they're broken just like you. And you realize, man, I can really connect with them because they're like me. They're, they're, they're broken like me. They're not perfect. Neither am I perfect. And we connect through Weaknesses. And so often we're trying to impress the world with, with the here's the me I want you to see. We try to impress the world, and yet we're longing for something more because we may impress people with our strength, but we connect through our weaknesses. And as long as the veil starts on the face, it eventually covers the heart. So what do we do now? I want to close out here with some application. And at this point of the message, well, I'd like to give you some practical suggestions and 
like, you know, good advice. For example, try to be yourself, but not the good advice. Try to be yourself. Or don't use a filter every time. Good advice. Um, try not to care what people think. And that's a good advice. But more than good advice today, what I want to do is I want to give you godly advice. Godly advice. And I don't want you to miss this. Here's the whole message. This is why you're here to hear from God's word today. This is it. If you're taking notes, only Christ can remove the veil. Only Christ can remove the veil. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 16. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And there's some of you this morning, you're here for this moment. Because you've been turning to everyone and everywhere and everything else for affirmation. And you still don't have it. You've been longing for a satisfaction in your soul. You've been looking here to meet that satisfaction and you can't find it. But the Bible says that when you turn to the Lord, you don't even have to remove the veil. The Bible said that the Lord, he does it for you. He takes the veil. He removes the veil. When you turn to God, the veil is taken away. And suddenly, you're not getting your approval from the people in your life, their likes. You're not getting their likes. But instead, you're getting it from his love. You're getting your approval from God. You're no longer living for the approval of people, but you're living for the approval of God. You recognize that I am acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Christ is my sufficient all in all. He's all I need. And when I realize he is all that I have, suddenly I realize he's all that I need. And I don't need approval from someone else because I've got approval from God. Dwelling within me is the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave. My identity is not in how many followers I have. My identity is in who I am following in Jesus Christ. And I'm following the Christ. And therefore, I have no need of the veil. The veil can be taken away. Look at verse 17 in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Freedom. You're not a slave to be the filtered you. You're free from that filter you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so all of us, watch the beauty of this, watch this. So all of us who have had that veil removed, this is, you know, that veil, this is, this is who I am, my words and all. This is, this is me. This is not the filter me. This is unfilter me. And when we do that, we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Because it's not about me. It's not about a selfish centered world. 
you and I are this to give him glory. That we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And then when we do that, guess what happens? We are transformed, not into the person that we think they want us to be. But notice what happened. The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And how do we get unveiled faces? How do you get unveiled faces? When you turn to the Lord, he removed the veil. And we with unveiled faces are being transformed into being what God wants us to be, not what people in your life want you to be, but who God wants you to be. Because we're living not for the approval of people, but for the glory of God, because we're not called to elevate self, but we are called to die to self and to follow Jesus and to give him glory in all that we do. And that's how we follow Jesus in a selfie-centered world. And for some of us here, it's time for you to turn to the Lord, to stop looking for your approval of men, approval of others, but to be real, Authentic, because people connect with you through your weaknesses and not your strength. And you can have a real impact in the world that you're living in when you just be real in Christ.